Welcome to The Nurses Station by UC Health, a show that shares stories from nurses who have answered the call to care. I'm your host, Amanda Cobb, and today I have the amazing privilege and honor of sitting down and sharing this space with our Chief Nurse Executive, Kathy Howell. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you, Amanda. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Earlier this year, you have announced your retirement and nurses across UC Health are so excited for you, but also sad to see you leave our organization. But we wanted to spend this time today to just get as much information and knowledge from you as we can and share that across our organization. So the first question that came to mind was, if you were starting your career today, Kathy, what opportunities in nursing would you find most appealing? Gosh, I do think about that. I've been a nurse for 41 and a half years and never forget like those first couple years of my career. They were so exciting and I was thinking about what I wanted to do and the world was just open and it was just full of possibilities. And I see that today too because the nursing profession is just broad and there's the ability to do so many things. So if I was the young Kathy Howell starting again and I was part of our new grad residency, I definitely would dive into the intellectual side of nursing and the hands-on care side of nursing. I know, and I know that today, some of the more technical sides of nursing, which are so important, probably don't bring me as much joy as just that one-on-one time with my patients, that knee-to-knee, eye-to-eye, what makes your life better, how can I improve it for you, developing those relationships. So any of the areas that I would get that patient interaction um, on a continuous basis would be my go-to. And many of I started out in nursing and neonatal intensive care. I still love that area. Did a lot of work in the women's space and the OB arena. And that's definitely where I probably started this passion because it's like, how do we support the whole family as a unit? The other piece when I think about it is wow, we get to use technology, but to give us better information at the bedside. And there's so much more evidence based to our practice than there was 41 years ago. And really getting into asking the questions. I've always been pretty curious and was always one of those nurses asking the questions, why, or can't we do this better? Or how do we make our units better? That was just part of my DNA as a, as a young nurse, but I would still do that. That's that intellectual side. And we need to study that more. And why are we doing this? And who else is doing it better? How do we learn from them? That's my thoughts now. And it's part of just who I am as a person. So part of my DNA, as I say, but definitely would want that patient connection. Yeah, Kathy, I did not know a lot about your background in nursing and where your journey in this profession started, but I also started in the neonatal intensive care. That's where I started my career. Spirits here. (laughs) Yes, I definitely identify with that whole family unit and just that rapid growth of technology and knowledge and translating that into practice. It's almost like in, in that environment, and I imagine all environments of nursing, it just grows so fast. I just remember fondly that I I was part of that transition from paper charting 
into electronic charting when I was in the NICU. And just to see how fast even our EMR has grown is just incredible. Nursing and healthcare in general just grows so rapidly and so fast. And I also love that you talked about the humanity of nursing. I think we talk a lot about the art and the science of nursing and be able to blend those two together. And it's really the art that I think keeps people coming back every day to to even the hardest of situations. I would 100% agree with you there. And recently we've had healthcare issues with my in-laws and my husband has been so supported by the nurses on the teams, actually the nurses and the social workers, but as a unit, they have been just tremendous and supporting the family. And it just reinforced to me that they've got it, they understand it, and have really made some very difficult times really a lot more tolerable and understandable. The value of the nurse cannot be understated. I think we focus recently, it feels like we focus so much on the science and the technology of nursing, the skills, the task list, the brain and ethic, if you will. And so it's really wonderful to hear that the art and the humanity of nursing is not lost in all of that. How do you think that we've as a profession been able to keep that spirit of nursing alive? First of all, in order to be a nursing is hard, but in order to really be successful in nursing, you have to love patients. You have to love that. That just has to be who you are. So that's a number one type thing. But when you look at, quote, the task, and you'll find that I never use that word very much because these are all care processes. They really are care processes. And then if it's a, quote, care process, that has no value. Why are we doing it? Get rid of it. And so taking that, that. fast <laughs> mindset away and to say this is care we're providing. And is it value added? Does it make a difference to the patient? I always, one of my favorite things about being at the bedside was always just really looking, trying to pull up and look at the big picture. Because I had all of these care processes to do and get organized and make it through my day. And we all became really good at multitasking. I don't know about good at it, but we have to multitask. But my favorite times is always about, wow, does this really, does this patient really want this? And working with patients and families to say, what is it that you really value? Do you know by doing this what really that means? Because sometimes we in healthcare do and don't really step back and say, what does the patient want? What does the family want? And did they really understand by doing this is potentially the outcome? So again, no tasks, they're all care processes. And how do we get rid of care processes that don't make a difference? I love that so much. It's a really great way of shifting your mindset a little bit. That's not a term that I've been familiar with. I have used task for a long time. So I really like that shift and I'll definitely integrate that into my daily language, I think. I've talked a little bit on this show before, but my grandmother was a nurse for well over 30 years and she would call me every day after nursing school and see how it went and see what I learned. And even early in my career, she still calls me and she'll call me and say, what's going on? What's new? I'll talk about some of the things that I'm seeing. And she'll say, oh, pressure injuries. Y'all haven't fixed that yet. Oh <laughs> that, my. Was a, that was a problem for us too. So it's really, that's those are conversations I'm really fond of. But something that she always told me from very early on in my nursing journey was, you can't do anything else for your patient. Um, you can keep them 
comfortable and clean. And so that has really uh, stuck with me throughout my career and um, kind of speaks back to your point about, um, is this task meaningful? And how are we connecting with our patients when we're completing those care processes? Totally agree. And what a great mentor for you to have. Your grandmother, I'm sure she's very proud. She is amazing. And I just, yeah, I'm very fond of her. Um, my own mother is a nurse. She's a 92-year-old nurse right now, going strong. Um, she kept her license alive into her 80s. Wow. Um, definitely one of the most proud things that she did in her whole career. So she definitely is a role model to me and just loved nursing. And it showed. And so anyhow, she started nursing in the early 50s and life was a lot different there and raised a family, went back to nursing and in the world of technology. And she saw a lot too, but also another good mentor for me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And most nurses I feel have some sort of inspiration story. So I love to hear about those and connect over those stories because they're so wonderful. Um, Kathy, so throughout your career journey, starting off in the neonatal ICU and in that space, did you ever see yourself getting to be the chief nurse of over 9,500 nurses in Colorado? Definitely not. When I was a young nurse, definitely I was all in clinical, never dreamed of being in the management side of the world. Didn't really understand it either as well. Definitely, I was on my way to actually be a clinical nurse specialist and actually was in graduate school when the tug of leadership came my way. And I tell this story where I had a manager who was moving of a unit I was working on while I was in school. And kept telling me, she goes, oh, you'd be a great manager for this unit, da, 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 da. And I'd say, no way. I am on my path. No way. You can have Not that. Not for me. Sounds awful. Like, why would I even think of doing that type thing? And she, luckily, she had a six-month notice. And so she and the director worked on me weekly. And so they finally beat me down. <laughs> and I said, sure. Um, again, so I was a reluctant um, leader. Um, I said, I'll do it for a year. But after a year, if I'm not feeling the love, I'm going back to my path. You've got to give me my old job back. I'm headed on my path. And so they agreed. One thing that taught me is, and in my mind, is always to have a plan B. I've always had a plan B. Sometimes a plan B and C. Because a leadership and nursing, number one, gives you a lot of opportunities, but leadership can be very challenging. You've got a lot of people depending on you. You've got decisions to make. You've got to manage the budgets. You've got to manage the quality. You've got to manage the workforce, keeping people engaged. So it's definitely can be very challenging. And But you have to be brave and you cannot be afraid to make a decision. And you've got to make decisions and you've got, and you're going to make some wrong decisions. But as a young leader, how I became braver because I had to had to really say, okay, I've got to be brave here. And how I did that is saying, okay, I know I'm a good nurse and I know these are the basics. And if this leadership thing doesn't work out, I'm going back to my other path. So I've always had that so that I was brave. Because if you 
don't just jump into the fire sometime and be brave and make decisions and move forward, you will be stagnant and you won't move forward in your career. So it was a way that I could mentally have developed more mental toughness as well to really manage and to lead through many challenging times in my career. We all develop our resilience, and I'm not a big fan of resilience either, but develop more your mental toughness. And then also sitting back, and during this time, my early years in leadership, I had a fit young family. And so they were like, I mean, which was really a blessing for me, because it was like I knew when I got home, my time had to be theirs. And I worked my heart out at work, but I worked my heart out at home too. And so they were really that piece of me that kind of kept me grounded um, at home as well. So that's how I started on my journey. And and yeah, when I first started as my first manager position, I had no thoughts or desires to think I'd be doing what I'm doing today. <laughs> What a wonderful career that you've had. Um, we've been so blessed to have you at UC Health leading innovations and just really progressing and advancing the profession of nursing. As you were talking, I just was thinking the basics that we learned in nursing school of the nursing process, it really just copies and pastes throughout any practice as a leader or otherwise within nursing. We're always assessing, evaluating, planning, intervening, and then continuing the process over and over again. So that's wonderful to hear that you just kept that going, that just basic nursing process even as a leader. It's funny you say that, but I remember I had the very same thoughts and always have as well. Because I remember in my early leadership, I said, this is just like the nursing process. This is just like secondhand because it truly is. Whether you're doing a quality improvement project or you're looking at your organizational structure and saying, what do we need? How does it need to look for, for the patients we care for today? So I love that because I always think the very same thing. There are several nursing theories that are just so fundamental and foundational in our profession. And so the nursing process being one of them, but then also Pat Benner's progression of nursing. And so going from a novice to an expert is the theory that I'm referencing. And I feel like in leadership and in any, any area of nursing, really, you continually go through that process of you become an expert and then you step back to being a novice at some point. How have you overcome that in different levels of your career? Because I think sometimes, and I'll speak for myself, that I get a little bit of imposter syndrome of I was really good at this and now I'm doing something different and I feel really uncomfortable. So how have you managed that or navigated that personally? In your yeah. Career? And many of my leaders know, they've heard this from me. It's if you take a position, your next position and you don't feel like an imposter, and you don't have this pit in your stomach to say, wow, can I do this? Then you're not stretching yourself. So every time as I progressed in nursing and took on more and more responsibility, trust me, I had a pit in my stomach. It was like, wow. But you know, what I learned, and, and you definitely learned this being a nurse, is it's like you just address it just like you've just the nursing process. You're assessing it. You're also treat people well. If you treat people well, they will help you. And also understanding, and again, I'm a big fan of Pat Benner's as well, is that every time I really mentally did that head check to say, I'm a novice again, this is a new role, or even, even as I transition to a new organization, it's like, 
Just because it worked in a last organization doesn't mean it'll work here. Doesn't mean it'll work in this new space. But I'll take that learning and apply it to say what needs to happen here. And I have honed my skill. I'm still not good enough. I continue to to do that is really try to listen. It's what are your needs? What really is at the bottom of your pain? Or what is the what are the challenges that really this unit or this hospital or this system has that we really need to make it a priority and try to address? Because when I've seen this and I've learned by doing it wrong, is sometimes there's these shiny objects. Oh, we all got to do this. Are we all going to do that? And when you look back to say, Does it matter to the patient? Do the nurses really care? Does it make their life better? And if it doesn't, why are we doing it? So I've learned that through the years by doing it wrong and then getting really back to the basics, like what makes a difference to our patients? What makes a difference to our nurses so that they can provide that great care? And then let's make that a priority instead of really, because you can get just so overwhelmed by all the issues out there, but really trying to let you hone it down to what really makes a difference. And when I look at all the work at we've done here at UC Health, especially in our virtual health center and with our innovative roles and the innovative models of care and really trying to look at things differently, it really gives me a lot of satisfaction because we're really trying to address some of the intractable challenges that we've had in healthcare and in nursing. And I'll use our virtual surveillance that we do, our critical care nurses that are in our virtual health system, our our, our virtual health center. Way back when, in my early nursing days, and then my first leadership jobs were actually in med surge units. And the old failure to rescue was a metric back then. How do we catch these patients easier? And we didn't have a lot of technology then. We just had old nurses really learning by experience. And that's that sixth sense you get that it's like something's going wrong with this patient. They don't look good. I know it. We got to do something. But we didn't have, other than pure vital signs, we didn't have a lot of else to really help guide us. And when I look at where we're at now with our virtual health center, we use four different deterioration indexes to really help hone in on and on these patients and the results that we've seen. It really is spectacular because that's improving care. That's giving our nurses at the bedside information so that they can help catch these patients sooner that in the past was that old value to rescue metric. So those are the kind of things that say, yeah, those are really helping nurses. Or my big beef is technology that does not help nurses. Nurses need technology to help them that really helps improve um, patient care at the bedside and really working with vendors. And I'm on a, a number of national advisory groups with vendors. And so are other of our chief nurses to really say, why are you doing that? That doesn't make a difference. These are the things that make a difference. Go after this. And the vendors of today are not the vendors of yesterday. Vendors of today are listening, which is important. Or if they're not listening, we are trying to make sure that they're listening to really make the care environment better for our patients, in essence, better for our nurses as well. I love that you mentioned that this nursing intuition, that that gut feeling, that instinct that you have as a nurse, it never goes away. And I don't think that any degree of technology will ever replace that. 
Um, but it certainly is helpful to have these deterioration indexes, these virtual health center um, partners to really augment and support that nursing intuition, that hands-on patient care, and not really encumber it or get in the way of it. You must be so proud to see a lot of the work that's been going on in that space throughout our organization. Oh, yeah. And as many of you know, we've promoted Amy Hassel to a chief nursing officer at the Virtual Health Center. And really, this is really a first in the nation role. And so thrilled to have that role and Amy in that role because it really elevates it to understand, to say, this is just as important as any of our uh, bricks and mortar entities. And it really is going to transform us. It is transforming us as we speak. But it also is just a lot of fun because we get to, especially those of us who are curious, gets to try new things, do things differently, and really question the status quo. It's, if it's always been that way and the nurses have always been doing A, B, and C, why? And then also taking some of this, what I call nuisance work off of nurses. Like we want our nurses to be surrounded by support so that they can practice top of scope and really impact patient care. So a lot of the work we're doing and other projects we've got going is to do just that. We're not there. We've made a good dent. We really are being a national leader there. And we've got lots more work to do. And I have this extreme trust in all of our great nurse leaders that we have that as I move on to my next phase of life as a retired nurse executive, that we've got great nurse leaders here to really carry on that work. And I will be so excited to see where the next 10 years go in the nursing profession. If you're anything like your mom, keeping your license will be top of mind. Oh, it will be. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kathy, in closing, as we wrap up our time together today, is there any parting words that you want to share with all of our UC Health nurses as we move into this next phase of nursing leadership at UC Health? I would just say... Nursing is one of the hardest, but one of the most rewarding professions. You all know that. But personally, in order to thrive, you've got to know your why and and keep that in mind. And then make sure what you're doing, because we spend so many hours at work, so many hours devoted to this profession, make sure you are finding some joy in it. Not that everything's going to be great because it's not. There's a lot of things we have to do. It's, oh my God. And it just doesn't bring me joy. And if I had to do that every day, I would just go crazy. But make sure there are those pieces there that really feed your soul because you need to feed your soul. And then be brave, be brave, but be constructive. Don't be brave just to to tear things down. Sometimes nursing, we can be our own worst enemies. We need to take charge. We need to quit circling the drain. We need to be proactive. We need to be move forward. But in the end, you're always the patient advocate. And don't lose that sight. I always I was a CEO for a while of a community hospital. And I never did it, but was ready to always bring a patient with me, meaning a a doll or a replica of a patient, and put it in the center of the table. So whether we're having a discussion about finances, quality, performance of any type, we never forgot the patient and the reason we're all here and just ground everyone in that. So 
that's my parting words, and it's carried me through my career. And um, again, serving as the chief nursing executive at UC Health has been the honor of a lifetime. It absolutely has. And as I depart, it's very bittersweet. But I also know my age, and I've got a lot of things I need to do. And we all know life is short, and we've got to just take it and go on our new adventures. So I've been telling everyone I've developed my retirement ICAT and all of these (laughs) things I want to do and what I want to learn. I will still stay connected to nursing. I will never stop being a nurse. So again, it again has been an honor of a lifetime and it's been fun having a conversation with you today, Amanda. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for being our fearless and devoted leader for these past many years. We're so grateful for you and so excited to hear about what's on your nursing iCAT in your retirement. So thank you again. Thank you to our listeners and we will catch you next time. (laughs) 